Paloma loves connecting with people. She loves the joy of self-care and of course her two beautiful children. And she has a lifelong obsession with the art of great hair. These are the things that light her up. As founder of Paloma Salon, she's also partial to the thrill and challenge of operating a dynamic business. A seemingly endless reservoir of energy, Paloma is as famous for her passion and drive as she is for her impeccable cuts. Paloma is also deeply committed to the sustainability movement. With so much to lose, we cannot be complacent. The climate crisis is real. And while keep cups are a great start, Paloma believes renewable energy is the most efficient solution. So passionate about the planet, she regularly holds in-salon workshops and loves to share this information with her clients. She is a followed climate ambassador and Paloma works hard to raise awareness wherever possible. She rallies with her children and intends and attends important events. Paloma is full of useful tips and insights around how we can all make a, dis a difference. So please make Paloma welcome. Welcome to Salon Conversations. It's Lisa Conway here and I'm your host. We often know the public face of those that we look up to in the hair and beauty space, but I'm really keen to find out the full story, the backstory. Why this industry? Where did it all start for them? Where are they now? And where do they expect to be next? In this podcast, I'll be looking behind the salon door because that's the salon conversation I'm really keen to have. Welcome, Paloma. It's lovely to talk to you. Thanks for having me, Lisa. So far, so good. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you because actually Jay Chapman um, pointed you out to me and he said, this is a really interesting person. I think you'd like to have a chat to her. And I said, why so? He said, oh, she does wonderful things um, about climate change. And I said, okay. So we had a little look up your tree and we thought, oh, yes, we would like to talk to you. So apart from knowing that, and that your salon is in Sydney. Tell us a little bit about your business and who's on your team or what you do in that way would be good. Yeah, cool. So um, I started hairdressing really young, I think at about 13 years old, became a Saturday girl. And I think actually even before that, my mum was a single mum and I used to go to the salon with her like age seven and eight. And I remember grabbing the broom and always sweeping up the hair and folding foils for them. So it's always been a huge, huge calling for me. Um, worked throughout high school. Um, I guess my Saturdays at the salon were kind of the things that got me through high school. Um, yeah, and it quickly became a huge passion of mine. Um, started full-time the day after my HSC when I was 17. Qualified quite quickly. I was at a great salon called Synergy, very right. iconic salon I did my apprenticeship at. And then um, worked for Oscar Cullinan, who then offered me partnership into the business and I bought 50% of the Paddington Salon when I was about 26. I was a young mum then. I already had a two, three, three-year-old by then. Um, and then had a great journey kind of, I guess, moving from being a strong um, hairdresser, skilled hairdresser, and moving into business, which I think if he hadn't actually offered me the opportunity, I'm not sure I would have done that. It wasn't something I was really considering. I was more going down that freelance um, fashion editorial road but um quickly fell in love with business and yeah absolutely loved it and had the salon with him in Paddington we we're in partnership for eight years and then about um six years ago 
woke up one morning and I was like, you know what, I think I'm done with that relationship, kind of like my ex-husband, um, same sort of feeling. Um, you just know when it's time to move on. So then um, finished um, that relationship beautifully and then launched my own business, Paloma, which is in Paddington on Oxford Street and I absolutely love it. I've got about 17 in the team, so I'm super busy between all the different personalities and everyone's needs being met. Um, I guess at the core of the business, we produce seriously good hair. That's always the most important thing. But then over the last five years, whilst I've had it, it's just been so beautiful, I guess, for my own values and beliefs to come into play through the business. So a lot of philanthropic work, a lot of giving back, um, and then my huge passion for climate change has been incorporated and now into the wider hairdressing community. Yeah, that's so good. So take me back to, I think we everybody's aware of climate change, but um, in some small dose or hugely aware. So how did you come to fall in love with climate change and, and want to know more about that? Yeah, so I've always been a really obviously creative person being a hairdresser. I've always loved the arts and for probably like the last six, seven years, I've been involved in a young benefactor program at the Art Gallery of New South Wales. So I started my philanthropic journey then. And then through, I guess, um, just being exposed to different events through the art gallery and through the art scene, you're always exposed to different social causes, um, climate, in, you know, like um, climate change and then so social injustice issues. So through that was privy to different understandings and conversations around climate and I've always for as long as I've known that being in nature has always been my happy place especially being in the ocean so I've always had a huge calling to being um, surrounded by nature um, and then yeah I started understanding more attending more things just wanting to be the student and wanting to learn more about climate because like many people I, I wasn't aware I didn't understand the science I was invited to a pretty transformative um, trip uh, in Heron Island uh, late 2019, right before the Black Summer Fires. So um, that was a group of 50 um, incredible creatives. We had Paul Kelly and Simon Baker and Phoebe Tonkin and Heidi Middleton, a whole bunch of amazing people of influence at that um, event. And it was a five day event and it went and basically just became a student and was being educated by the leading um, climate scientists, social scientists, all sorts of people in the industry for that five day period. And once you know that, you can't go back. So no. you just, yeah, you can't go back. And then I flew back into Sydney and I was, I remember being very reflective on the flight home and just being like, what's my role in this? How can I assist? How can I support? And um, I guess transitioning back into the salon, salon and having known, now knowing all this scientific evidence and understanding climate really um really deeply i started having some really amazing very um very high impacting conversations with my clients with my with our guests and yeah just started having all these beautiful conversations some conversations could be light and fluffy and not much and then others i always all my conversations when I'm working and I specialize in cutting. So when I'm doing a haircut, all the conversations are always guest led, obviously trying, I'm not a pushy person. I wouldn't want to like lead it if someone was uncomfortable with it. So um, yeah, just letting the guests, I guess, lead it and just quickly understood how many people wanted to understand the science more, wanted to understand what they could do. So then my passion turned into, I guess, um, empowering people. So giving them a lot of knowledge, um, and solutions around what they can do in their everyday life to reduce their um, footprint. 
and yeah, yeah. and I think that's that's um you've touched on something really important there because when people aren't sure then they don't want to have the conversation for a couple Ooh. of reasons they don't want to feel ignorant right yes uh, and they also don't want to especially in your situation when you're looking after somebody's hair like you call them a guest because they are a guest and yeah. nobody wants to come in and have a fabulous haircut with a horrible conversation no right? you've, got to, you've no. got to be very clever as to how you do have that conversation and I think it's like you know um, the question where do babies come from some people are happy to draw your diagram some people say mummy's tummy and that's the end of it like it depends on who you're speaking to mm. right so and it's yeah. not mummy's tummy we know that but that yeah. sometimes a simple answer is is it so then you go into the next stage well how do you how do you share that with someone and I think a really good example of that is vegans I feel like sometimes People mm. speak poorly of vegans, and I think they're the most thoughtful. Um, yeah, I was plant-based for years, so I had that experience. Yeah, so they're, they're thought-provoking. They don't just um, do what the sheep are doing. They think about what they're doing. But unfortunately, they, be, they become so knowledgeable and so passionate that quite often they can push it down somebody's throat who isn't interested, and then you think, oh, those vegans, you can't even talk to them. And so that that's, re- that's probably probably not the best example but I think we've all experienced that and you've experienced it by being what you say plant-based now the word plant-based they go oh that's okay I could do that but I couldn't be Mm -hmm. so um and I'm I'm a bit like you I I would love to think that we could eat that way um and maybe we can and there's some people that aren't and you know when I look at my parents that have both gone now they would have been in maybe 100 if they were alive and yeah. so they could not have imagined not eating animals. So I think there's there's a there's a moving away from that type of topic now. And I think climate change is the same. In the beginning, I feel like it was: is it a thing, or is it are people whinging? You know, where the change is anyway. And so, and that's mm-hmm. where I think it would be a good opportunity too for you to speak to someone who's not sure. And how would how would when you talk about the science behind, and I know you could spend five days in a conference, but what would be the shortest version of giving someone some insight to the science? So when we talk about climate, we talk about the increase in um, temperature. So the overall average temperature of the earth and how it's increasing. So it can, it doesn't really sound like much like, and when you hear stuff on the news, you hear 1.5 degrees and you don't really think that that's much, but where we're sitting now, we're at about 1.4 degrees and you can see the impact of climate that's happening all around the world. So increase in obviously the weather, I mean, and that's one of the most spoken about topics in in salon. So that's always the best entry point to talk about climate. But we can see with the black summer, with the black summer fires, we can see with the flooding, we can see it's all around the world. I mean, I was in overseas last year across Europe there were fires blazing so the increase in um abnormal weather and so when you so when when we talk about sorry when we talk about the um the increase in temperature I think the easiest way that I always like to explain it is like a doona around the world and that's like we keep adding all these layers of all these dunas around the globe around mother earth and it keeps obviously heating underneath that doona and that's that's what we talk about when we talk about the rise in temperature and so then the bushfires someone can light a bushfire or not so you know i'm not going to i'm not going to say that i i'm going to i'm questioning you so you can give the answers right so you think well people light the fires that's why there's a fire it's got nothing to do with climate change so how, how do you answer that 
um the fires <laughs> weren't lit by someone they were all like it was all unprecedented okay so as in lightning and is that how you mean the fire start yeah so we yeah i mean the the extreme you know all weather conditions that are extreme it's happening everywhere and you know we can see the antarctica or the uh, ice is melting there's it's it's everywhere yeah. um so yeah. it's it's angry weather it's like um it's extreme weather so like when extreme uh, weather conditions that's what climate yeah changes. that's right so when you think about um not getting the lesson when someone's trying to the or i always say the universe tries to give you the lesson and when you don't get it they give it to you harder when you don't get it they give mm -hmm. it to you harder so that's how yeah. i explain climate change i feel like yeah listening so i have to show you again this is not helping this is not yeah helping. she's not happy she's she's getting super hot and she's not happy but i think the thing for that i would love everyone who's listening to kind of try and take away is it's doesn't sound like much at 1.5 degrees it doesn't you know it doesn't seem like much but at two degrees it's going to be a very challenging life for us all to live and that's about six to seven years away so and there, there's certain points as well in this global heating that that we're going to reach points where they're called tipping points where we actually can't go back so we've got this incredible opportunity and i'm a super positive upbeat person yes so the way i like to also have the conversations is the great thing about climate is all the solutions are right in front of us we're not talking about trying to cure cancer we're not talking about these things that we have that we're not on top of yet all the answers are right in front of us we can change it but i'm like power to the people we can do it yeah you can absolutely yeah. you can so, but when yeah, people say it will be, be really awful if we get to two degrees we're actually projected to get to 3.3 .3, so i'm not even going to talk to you guys about what that would look like, look like. but when um, you think about the fires to me it's around this is my understanding it's around the dryness of the state it's the mm -hmm. it's not so much who lit the and fire that's the extreme weather conditions that's right it's the extremeness of it and when that's you have the that we saw you know like yeah that was awful really but also awful. um the use of roundup um, what's the technical term for that you know and killing off all the what would normally grow yeah um monsanto is the company i think isn't it you know there's that sort of thing that you just i grew up taking for granted because that's what our family did we just put it around all the fences and everything because we don't want the grass to grow there you know we put it under the apple trees and all that because we don't want the grass to grow there but it pays a part of mm -hmm. what nature is and it's the it's the um, damaging that's left behind that for months and months later, nothing will grow. And then when the wind comes, it blows all your soil. So your property ends up in the neighbor's yeah. property on the farm. So yeah. I do understand perhaps more than. Um, yeah. I, I mean, there's so much. I worked a lot out um, in regional New South Wales post fires and helped devastated towns and actually did lots of haircuts for all the, all the community, which was a really beautiful thing to gift them. But the one thing that, you know, isn't spoken about much is the 4 billion animals that were killed through that Black Summer fires. That's a lot of animals. And Terrible. Yeah. Awful. And what about um, when a person says to you, well, you know, like, and I hear this one a lot, um, well, it's not us, it's the problem, it's China or it's, and they say, it's the factories, it's, the, it's not me recycling my containers that's going to change the world. It's the bigger problem is, and they name something. Like yeah. it's not in my I backyard. Mean, it just depends what type of life you want to live. If you want to, if you're happy just to sit in the back seat and um, wait for other people to make change, or if you want to be a change maker and if you want to be part of the solution. 
pretty simple really it's isn't pretty it? simple i mean i know what type of woman i am and what type of life i want to live yeah um and, and, and i think the thing about climate is it's not about trying to be a purist it's not about trying to be a vegan and trying to be have completely zero emissions and doing this it's about everyone having imperfect action and when you think about if everybody did it that was the saying that my mother used to say what if everybody did it like if you never what context up, would your mother say that around um she would say like if you um oh, i can't be bothered going to that party last minute what if everybody did it that lady's put together for 50 guests to show up and what if yeah. everybody decides to you be selfish and not go and you said yes i'll go what if everybody yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Nice. So, and so then now you've got a person who's put together a party and nobody comes. So you think, mm, and they were they were Catholic, so they're pretty good on the guilt section. But yeah. also, <laughs> they also yeah. um, like, I can't be bothered getting dressed up. It's a wedding. Yeah. I'm just going to wear this. And mum goes, what if everybody did that? Yeah, it's Yeah, so yeah. it was really good leveller for me. I think as well in terms of like, you know, I worked a lot with the social scientists and understanding the, a variety of different people you know different people in my audience that I would be talking to but it's really not I guess the de the climate deniers or the people that aren't interested I'm not really interested in having conversation with them it's about people sitting in that mid-range that are really concerned and unsure they're open-minded that's the people I want to talk to yeah and that would be joyful too I think yeah totally and and you know very empowering for them yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think it's, um to me, it's just little simple things. I made a decision a long time ago that I wouldn't, if I couldn't um, take my coffee cup to have it refilled, then I don't, I don't, it's not a problem. Good on you, Lisa. That's great. Yeah. So it's just about being a conscious citizen. Small yeah. actions makes a big difference. I think as well, um, there is a big misconception between sustainability and climate. And thank God we've got the sustainable salon business, um, Paul and Evelina and all the incredible work they do. I love those guys so much. So we're really fortunate in the hair industry, hair and beauty industry that we've got them because they look after all our waste. Like what they do is amazing. amazing. I'm like their biggest fans. Um, so I think the sustainability and the waste side we have sorted and the bit, the, piece that I want I love talking about is obviously how can we reduce emissions because the fossil fuel industry in Australia is that's our absolute biggest concern yeah. um, Australia is the biggest per capita so we have a lot to answer for Australia as a country so that's why I talk a lot about ethical banking and ethical super funds that's probably the most powerful thing everyone can do is is to do that say what they can do yeah. So the most powerful thing that you can do if you want to have an impact on this climate crisis is to be um, very considered with who you bank with. And this was, I remember when I heard this piece 2019 on that Heron Island trip, I had absolutely no idea what they were talking about. So this might seem a little obscure. So no, I'm ready. In Australia, we have always had a huge export business of oil and gas, which we all know. It's called the fossil fuel industry. The fossil fuel industry is makes up 60% of, I think it's actually growing up to 70% of our um, emissions, which is what contributes to climate change. So if there's a, one thing we can all focus on is fossil fuels. That's what it's all about. Reducing that in this country and globally will reduce all our climate issues. So majority of people would, un, would 
be familiar with Adani, that oil oil mine that was off the west coast of Australia. Huge. They were going up. They were trying to put up this huge um, fossil fuel business. Um, there were so many protests, so many people against it. It was going to obviously have a huge impact on the surroundings, on nature, on all of that. But not only that, obviously terrible for the environment. So if you think of any new projects opening, they need funding. So they go to the four biggest banks in this country. They lend money to open new oil gas mines, which is terrible. So if you have a home loan, if you have a business and you bank with the four biggest banks, I'm not going to mention them, I'm sure you can work it out. They're actually using your money to support the fossil fuel industry. But so then if you go to beautiful we didn't banks. Go, yeah, if we didn't go with them and we went with the smaller bankings, which is yeah. what I Bank Australia, Bendigo Bank, beautiful banks. They have an absolute zero tolerance to investment in fossil fuels. Um, they have gorgeous social outreach programs. They're amazing. They're, you know, it's like aligning your values and beliefs with yeah. every aspect of your life. Brands, fashion brands that you purchase at, hair salons that you go to, using clean colour, banking with banks that you have shared values and beliefs with. Um, so that's huge. And it's um, not it's not like and that's obviously the same with super. Yeah, it's not uh it's and who would you like them to be with it when it comes to their super? Um future super is pretty ethical. Future super. Yeah, no, they're they're I'm, amazing. I am with who would I I think it's our and industry one. What is I that? think as well it's like like I said before, it's about everyone just making small changes and doing what they can. It's not about trying to be like seeking perfection and that's something I struggle with as well I want to do everything like I drive a Tesla but there's other things in my life that aren't perfect but you know I'm striving towards doing as best as I can but something like changing your super fun is something it takes literally five minutes yeah okay so that's that's good. it's as easy as ordering an uber you call the new super fund um, you give them your abn and they do all um, they do the rest of the work for you. So obviously changing banks, if you've got a, home, a mortgage, if you've got a business, that is harder stuff, but do what you can do. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. I could certainly change my bank. I know that one of my loans is with an ANZ bank and I'm sure that yeah. would be one you wouldn't want yeah. to. Yeah. So maybe in the show notes, it might be nice for people to, um, you could have who, and probably don't have who they shouldn't be with. Let's have who you'd prefer. Yeah. I've actually got a checklist. It's on our website. Paloma-salon.com website. So yeah. I've got a full climate change checklist. Yeah. Okay. Well, that would be really helpful because yeah. I, I think that would be something that would make you feel good about what you do. And I think um, your your generation is different to mine, whereas um, they're more curious and more informed. And so yeah. even simple, like the other day I met a friend and I said, let's get some lunch. It was at the shopping centre up here. And I said, let's go to Grilled because I like their ethical footprint and so just little things there's three choices where you can um, choose where the donation goes and I chose the homeless in surface paradise that wasn't there before I can't remember what the other two were but there's a section on the menu a separate section that has um, it's called game changers and it's um, ethically sourced meat and alternative meats and that's the Fantastic. one yeah that's the yeah. ones they prefer you to choose as opposed to on the normal menu it's fabulous I love and that. that you know that's a really beautiful piece to talk about Lisa is like obviously um reducing your meat intake and your red meat intake reduces methane emissions so that's a different type of emission other than fossil fuels that I explained just before but I'm not here to tell you not to eat meat ever I just I'm not an extremist. I don't like to be like that. I don't think that's a great message. But if you are going to eat meat, choose it wisely. 
go to a beautiful local butcher and shop at a place that has integrity. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's, to me, it's all about um, not only the what I get, the gift, the meat, but it's a treat. And it mm. is also, um, you know, the, I grew up on a farm, so we made our oh, own, nice. we made our own animals. And yeah. um, I, I would love to never eat meat. I just, I don't know, I do enjoy it, but I'm, I make sure I know where it comes from. The same as fish. Yeah. I don't yeah. like the thought of fish being raised to be um, slaughtered or, and even yeah. like I saw a documentary recently on um, these crocodiles that are made for handbags and they're, they're grown in cages. They can't even turn around. They're just oh, grown. awful. Yeah. Up in um, here in, um, I think it's far yeah. North Queensland. Wow. And it happens here in our country and we don't just yeah, don't. It's it, so pretty sad. So yeah. I think it's, it's ignorance that, that I think if people had to, um, two things I've always said: if people had to slaughter their own animals, they wouldn't eat meat. It's pretty simple. I agree. Yeah. And if people had to bury their nappies in their yeah. own backyard, they would use cloth nappies. And yeah. people, there's a big topic around that. Whereas they believe, no, 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 washing uses water, and and in the salon they have a lot of um, different ones too. But I just think, mm, yeah, don't know yeah, not yeah. really sure about that. Yeah. And I think it's just about everyone like just trying to be as conscious as you can in your life and just understanding that every action that you take has a reaction and it's yeah. like mother earth is suffering. She yeah. really is. It, it's, and it's a climate emergency. It's, okay. it's a very urgent matter. We have about six or seven years before we start having irreversible damage. And there's a lovely documentary that um, David Attenborough did. Oh, after two yeah. years. Have you seen that? When, yeah, when of course. Like... I love him. Yeah, that was amazing. And that's, you know, it's like always important. My messaging is always positive. We have all the solutions for climate. It's an incredible opportunity. And for Australia, we're actually the sunniest and windiest country in the world. We have this incredible opportunity with renewable energy. Like, it's, it's really exciting. And I, this is a bit out there, but I've often wondered whether... The pandemic was Mother Nature's way saying there's too many people here. Hundred percent. So and 100%. we and we blocked and we blocked it. Yeah. We blocked it. And I think I wonder whether that was a clearing sale. That's probably you know. And people lost loved ones. And I'm not saying that's what I want. No, to I lost I lost family in Europe. So yes, know, I'm not it's... saying that's what I want to happen. But I just think there's a very good chance I'm 58 and I'll be here when I'm 100. And there yeah. was a time when that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, you know a lot of people made it to 50 or so even our teeth are only designed to last about that long you know so we've got we've got a lot of changes to think about so if we're having you know if we're all having and expanding and having more children yeah we're right. living longer well, there's yeah. just there's too many plants yeah. there's too many people and when you think about uh, not enough plants <laughs> and not enough plants <laughs> yeah i've definitely i've definitely um contributed to that plant section i've always been a plant i can see that yeah. no even even just even Love just it. your background it's gorgeous there's yeah. uh, i think there's 92 plants in my apartment it's only Beautiful. two people apartment. yeah but it's it's a feeling that i love and yeah. it's the ocean just there of so, course yeah so it is a lovely place to be and i think yeah. not everybody can live um on the ocean because we can't but i don't yeah. know there's something special about nature that just put your feet in grass put your feet in just really stop and I say the things that we need the most and when I when I'm teaching salon owners and I say you can do all of this that's fine but you have to look after yourself right so when looking after yeah four out of five of those things are free so air is free sunshine is free sleep is free movement is free 
um, quality whole food you will have to pay for but the other four things are free and I, t- I say that all the time like I know myself when I make mistakes and perhaps eat things I shouldn't eat or be grumpy or snap at somebody or don't do much work in a day it starts with being tired when I'm tired I don't make good decisions whereas I've spoken to many people and they say oh absolutely or when they're tired they're not or they're not prepared so they eat eat something they shouldn't eat and then they're disappointed with themselves and around yeah. goes to your energy yeah another it's girlfriend cool. says no hers is exercise she says I have to get outside and exercise and some mornings I can't because I have to do an early morning meeting and I'm just scratching because then it then it full, flows on from there so it's fascinating I think that we've skimmed over what's important and 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 some of those things are absolutely free so yeah we not we are fasting is another one I feel really strongly about. I believe that yeah. we we don't have to eat the amount of food we need to eat. And everybody people say, oh, that's all right for people like you because you know you can afford good food. I go, know everybody can fast. I have a rule: I don't eat on an airplane. Yeah. Right. So we just need to educate people, and people will do better when they know better. I don't yeah. believe they can do better until they know better. So. Thank you for giving me that information about the banking. That Absolutely is the first pleasure. thing I'm going to do. My personal banking is fine, but my business banking isn't. And the only reason... Yeah. And how... And that's such a... You're going to have such a big impact, you know? Well, the only reason and- it hasn't changed is because I've thought to myself, they're all the same. And yeah. trying to leave has been incredibly difficult. And it's a big job. So we just keep putting it off. We're not happy there for yeah. our service only. But now that I know... That there's another reason why we, yeah. we should be there. Then there's that- a wonderful um, website, Lisa, called Market Forces, um, and they actually name and shame all the banking and all the super funds. So you can go on and you can have a look at the investment that the four big nasty banks have done over the years, um, and you can see the ones that are doing good. So it's I think there's also a great opportunity, if you are going to shift banks or super funds, to actually contact your the existing one and let them know why. Yes, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I say that to salon owners when they want to move product companies. I say, no, you yeah. need to let them know, give them the feedback because Help. you know this is all working in the right direction. Yeah. They need to hear it. They need to understand. That's really cool. I'm very happy to have learnt that today. So yes. I will do something. Awesome. Um, something else. Now, what about in the home? I know we've got our salon and we can have salon yeah. um, things. That, what about at home? I wish there was salon um sustainable salons in homes i would really love that i don't know how he's going to i mean obviously reducing all your waste is huge um i choose choosing i always choose things that have the less packaging i and i go i go to the market and i really keep away from if it doesn't go off i don't want to buy it so i i feel really strongly um i think that the next thing that we will manage is um uh, processed foods ultra processed foods what are we feeding our kids is a great documentary have you seen that one yeah yeah fabulous children seen it (laughs) so it's really important to understand that you know the baby chino with that shot of cocaine sugar there's no way i would let my grandchild no my kids don't drink filtered water (laughs) exactly so yeah that's that's, um that's a small thing so in the kitchen yeah definitely um all your waste um packaging like trying to um i shop at scoop and like those guys and just refill my little brown paper bags and then i've got my glass jars at home obviously it's so much better as well avoiding anything tinned um electrical supplies is really important um switching to greener electrical providers um together we can force dirty coal and gas out of the 
grind and bring more renewable electricity in, sending a clear message to electrical companies that it's time to seriously make change. Um, so go to greenelectricityguide.org.au because there's so much fake marketing out there, even with the big electrical suppliers. Um, they'll say that they've, there are green options or you can offset, but it's BS, no offense. So that's greenelectricityguide.org.au. Um, obviously, if you own your own home, it's such a great opportunity to invest into solar panels um, and be off the grid. Yep. Yeah, renewables are incredible. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I, I, it's amazing. I, like I, I don't have it because I'm in an apartment, haven't got that thing through yet. So yeah, I'm not perfect, but I drive it. Um, I've had my Tesla for like over three years now. I've never been to a petrol station and it's just so liberating. And you love the Tesla? I love the Tesla. It's amazing. Yeah. It's nice and quiet and yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So renewable energies um, is a huge opportunity in your home. Um, I just got onto a great company called zero co learn about them at a climate event um they are all your home cleaning so we use them in salon and i use them at home so you're like spray and wipe your glass wipe your bathroom wipes um body wash they've got shampoo and conditioner guys don't buy it um it's not great but um they've got heaps of great yeah just all your household cleaning like dishwashing liquid laundry liquid all of that they, nice. they give you the um initial um like packaging and then you refill with the pouches and then you actually send back all the pouches to oh, keep good. cycle going. So you completely close that um, single use plastic loop. And can I ask what product company you're with? Uh, Kevin Murphy. Oh, interesting. I would. I wasn't what I thought you would have said actually. Yeah. Just the one brand? Yeah, for, for colour, yes. Yep. Um, retail, we've got Kevin Murphy, we've got Orbe, we have R&Co. Okay. I would. I might have thought you'd said um, Davines. Yes. No. They are beautiful. I love Davines. I've met the team and had big, big conversations with them. But there are other needs in the business as well as well as Fashion Week and other things that I'm heavily involved in. So, you know, making sure that all the needs are met. Yeah, and I like the way that you uh, own not being perfect. Yeah. And so there's not. Well, I saw her do this. I saw her do that. You know. I think that. If we all just um, were happy to make small changes, as my mother would say, what if everybody did that? Exactly. Mm, yeah. Pretty easy to do. All right. Well, thank you for your time today. It's um, No problem, Lisa. So nice to connect. And I just encourage anyone listening just to um, be a conscious citizen in this world, in this life that we're living. Yes, and but also I've forgotten to tell, you've forgotten to mention that you actually can train the hairdressers to how to have this conversation now tell yeah tell so we've trained 500 hairdressers so far so worked with a climate scientist and a social science scientist and done these great workshops um yeah they're about two hour workshops but stay tuned because i've got we've got hopefully some private funding and we've got we'll have someone full-time in this role doing this coming out to salons i think it's will work a bit better Okay, and so at the moment, how to how if I had a salon, how would I let my salon get my team to you, and what would it cost, and how would they do it? That I don't have the answers for because we're in the process of finalising this. <laughs> but you can reach out to me um, personally on social media, and I'm really happy to help and organise a Zoom call if you're not local or whatever it is. I'm and you could go on a waiting, and then at least you'd have you say, well, these people are interested, and when it comes exactly. when you do have all the answers, you'll be able to share. Yeah, exactly. 
yeah, but also head to my um, the website paloma-salon.com um, and look at under the sustainability section and you'll see the checklist if there's any more um, details around the banking or, yeah. Oh, that's good. Thank you very much. It's really a pleasure Absolute to meet pleasure. you. Nice uh, to meet you too. Enjoy everyone. Have a good day. Have a festival or something? Absolutely. I'll be there. I'm on yeah, a I'll be there. I'm, do, I'm hosting the, um, is it Real Talk? Yes. I yeah. was there last year. I actually did this. I did the workshop last year. Oh, did you? Oh, good. Yes, I'm. I'm the. I'm the MC. I think so. That'll be interesting. <laughs> well, I'm also on the panel, so I'll see you there. <laughs> Very good. You will see. Very good. Lovely to talk to you, and I'll see you Thank around you. the traps. See you then. Bye. Okay. Bye.